You're listening to Fit Girl Talk Radio with your host, Sarah Thomas. Sarah has been a nationally certified personal trainer since 2010, specializing in women's fitness, has a bachelor's degree in nutrition and exercise physiology, and is an IPE bikini pro bodybuilder, all while being a wife, a mom, business owner, and frequent traveler. In each episode, Sarah and her guests will discuss all things related to self-growth, health, wellness, fitness, and nutrition. So grab a coffee, get comfy, and join Join them for some Fit Girl Talk. Hey guys, I'm your host, Sarah Thomas, and I'm so excited you tuned into Fit Girl Talk Radio. Um, welcome to season three. I hope you listened to my little um, welcome back episode I did a couple days ago, short and sweet, just me rambling on about my life and the changes I've gone through. And anyway, now we're back to the fun episodes. I have on a really, really awesome guest. I'm so excited to have her. Um, her name is Sarah Williams, and she is the owner of Sweet Balance Nutrition. Um, I have known Sarah Williams since we were in college. In fact, um, we were in the same, I'm pretty sure we should have talked about this before I started, but <laughs> we were in the same um, nutrition and exercise physiology undergrad, right? Yeah, we so, were. I like never saw Sarah in any of our classes, but we went to Mizzou. So it was like, you know, huge classes, but Sarah and I hung out with um, like two separate groups that tend to collide on the weekends. So I saw Sarah often and she's always been such a sweetheart. And um, she went on to go to more schooling than I did. And she became a registered dietitian, um, which I always say this, and I will say it every time I have an RD on, that registered dietitians are the cream of the crop. Like if you have nutrition questions, if you have anything nutrition related that you want meal plans, weight loss guidance, anything like that, I always recommend a registered dietitian first and foremost. Yes, there are nutritionists online. Yes, I am a nutrition counselor online. However, that gets a little dicey legally and, um, Registered dietitians have put in the time, the effort, the studying, the research, the education, the time, the time, the time, and the money, and they deserve the nutrition consults first and foremost. So I will always say that, and I have so much respect for them. Um, so without further ado, Sarah, welcome, and tell us all about who you are. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yay. So I'll just give you a little background about myself and why I became a dietitian. So I've always been interested in math, science, and nutrition, and I knew I wanted to do something in healthcare when I was growing up. My mom was a nurse, and that probably influenced me also. Um, however, I don't do well with bodily fluids, so I was like, okay, not a nurse, not a doctor. So I actually ended up shadowing a speech therapist and a dietitian, and I ended up becoming a registered dietitian. So I graduated from the coordinated program in dietetics at Mizzou in 2012. Then I completed my master's degree online through, wait for it, KU, the rival. Oh, you did? <laughs> so people love to tease me about that, but I never really was really into sports. So it didn't matter to me. And it's just how it worked out. <laughs> yes. um, so I've actually been working in the hospital as a clinical dietitian for about nine years. I'm also a spinning instructor and have been teaching spinning classes for seven years. 
that was always my side gig and my passion. I love it. And most recently I was teaching at Pedal Pedal Cycling Studio, which sadly closed permanently due to the pandemic. So actually, whenever that closed, I went from teaching five classes a week to zero. I had a ton of extra free time and I read, um, have you heard of this book, You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero? Yes, I read it. (laughs) Yes. So I read that and it inspired me to launch my virtual private practice. Yes. So actually I've been doing that about one year. It's called Sweet Balance. And when I was figuring out what I wanted to focus on in my private practice, I was thinking I should combine my personal experiences with food and my knowledge as a dietitian to help people reach their health and weight loss goals while improving their relationships with food. So I personally struggled with chronic dieting, emotional eating, and the restrict binge cycle for years, starting when I was a teenager. Now I have a healthy relationship with food and have found a balanced, flexible way of eating that lets me easily maintain my desired weight and feel confident while still enjoying life and fun foods. And now I help my clients do the same. So that's about it. So, oh my God, I had to pause and go back because you said that you've been working in a hospital for nine years and oh, like that just, we have been doing this stuff for a long time. Yes. Makes it, makes me feel old. <laughs> yes. Um, so that's so awesome. Um, so you stopped spinning well as an instructor five days a week. So I'm going to ask you, um, for your own fitness routine that obviously made a difference. So mentally, um, how did you navigate through that big change? Yes, I was really sad because Pedal Pedal was my like second home. And I loved all the people that came to my class. It was like a little community. So actually they were selling everything. I ended up buying a bike. So there's a bike in my living room now. <laughs> which the other piece of this, which is kind of funny and not related to nutrition, but I always would meet all my boyfriends in spin class. And now like my friends were like, Oh, cool. Are you going to meet you? You're just going to hit on the UPS guy now because now you're biking in your living room. <laughs> so that's, that's another funny, funny part. At the gym too. So I get it. <laughs> Um, Okay, so the reason why I brought Sarah on is um, I've had a number of registered dietitians on and we usually talk about different topics Um, and Sarah and I decided that it would be good to kind of head to Instagram and let you guys ask the questions for her um, all about weight loss Uh, because there is just so much information out there right now forever social media just makes it next level of misinformation confusing information information that applies to other people and not to you um and we kind of thought it would be a good time to answer some of the frequently asked questions and some of your own direct questions um here on this episode so i'm gonna just kind of dive into the questions let sarah answer them um, and we'll talk about a couple of them um, in more detail um they're all obviously being asked anonymously. So Sarah, the first question for you is, and these are in no specific order, so they really don't make much sense, but um, they all make, um, they're all about weight loss. So 
Um, Sarah, will it slow down my progress if I am eating before going to sleep? And the person that asked this question did note that they were eating healthy and clean, but does that make a difference before going to bed? So I use a really flexible kind of no rules approach with my clients. So I don't recommend any time limits for eating or any specific cutoff time for eating. I really think it's important that if you're hungry, you listen to your body, no matter what time it is. The other thing to think about is, are you going to be able to fall asleep and get good sleep if your stomach's growling? Probably not. So I have zero problem with eating before bed. So funny, last night, actually, I, I had like a really hard workout in the gym during the day and I ate dinner with my daughter early and then I was laying down for bed and it was like, it was like nine. I was just laying in bed doing some work um, and I was so hungry and I, um, I went down and I made a turkey wrap. And I think that the important thing to note about eating before you go to bed, at least for me personally, is are you eating enough throughout the day? And then at night when you're getting hungry, if you're not eating enough throughout the day, are you just binging at night and um, out of control eating? Um, because I think that that's where you need to kind of sit back and look at what exactly your diet looks like during the day. If you're having something clean and healthy and something to satisfy um, pure hunger at night, um, I think that that's totally fine. And I absolutely agree with you on that, yes. Let's see, next question. Is it possible to lose weight and still maintain a healthy relationship with food? So a lot of people think that this is not possible, but I do believe this is possible. And there's a couple of ways you can work on your weight loss, but not harm or ruin your relationship with food. One being thinking more about what can you add instead of what you're taking away. So can you add more veggies? Can you add more movement? Can you add more water? Instead of focusing on so many things that you're taking away, that way you'll feel less restrictive, less deprived. Um, the other thing is to think about, are you labeling certain things as off limits or forbidden? Because we really wanna have an all foods fit approach to keep a healthy relationship with food. As soon as we say something's off limits, we automatically, that restriction caused us to feel deprived and that's gonna end up leading to maybe binge eating, food guilt, all harming our relationship with food. So I think it's really important to remember, can you have a flexible attitude towards food when you're trying to lose weight instead of like aiming for 100% perfection, which is not realistic. So I think the biggest problems with weight loss and kind of harming relationship with food happen when we aim for too much of that perfection, too many drastic changes or, or really strict eating plans that aren't realistic for the long term. I absolutely agree. And I love the, how you said in the beginning to add, what can you add versus what can you remove? Because I think that's a really good way to look at it. I always think that it's for weight loss clients in specific, it's not about how little food you can eat and how fast you can lose weight. That's never the goal. I mean, you should never have a coach, a dietitian, anybody 
do that to you ever. I mean, that's never the goal. You should be able to eat as much food as you can that makes you feel good, gives you energy, gives you good workouts, and then still start to see a healthy weight loss progression from there. So I like that you put it in that terms, those terms. Okay, let's see. Next question. What is a healthy weight for the average woman? This is a really interesting question. So a couple of things, I, I'm gonna answer this, but I can't give you a specific weight. And that's because things like height, body composition, age, genetics will all impact weight. So what's, what's more important is there are several health indicators like your waist circumference or your cholesterol, your blood pressure, your blood sugar. Um, your habits, like, are you getting enough sleep and are you getting enough exercise and are you eating enough vegetables? All of those things are going to be much more helpful to evaluate your health as opposed to just a number on the scale. I absolutely agree. And I don't know about you personally, Sarah, but I've gone through many, um, seasons in my life where, the healthy weight for me has looked a little bit different during different seasons based on what I'm working towards at that time or what my life looks like at that time. Um, so, you know, I always have a hard time with people that, with women that expect their weight to be the same as when they were like 18 years old, when they were in college or whatever. Why, would, why do we think that? Why would we want that? We are not the same person now as we were 10, 12 years ago, even more so for some um, older clients that I've worked with. I just don't know um, where that mindset comes in that you just think you should always weigh the same weight as when you were in your teens. Exactly. Yes. I actually had a um, a client recently tell me that she had a big revelation about that because she was actually trying to fit into clothes from 2013 and one of her friends said why do you even want to wear stuff from 2013 right I don't <laughs> so she's like oh you're right you know and then the other thing I like to think about is like sometimes people will ask me well what's a good goal weight for me and really instead of just picking a number based on an equation or you know throwing out something a random number I like to think about what's the weight you're going to feel your best at. Yes. And I can't tell them that only, you know, only the client knows that. And that goes beyond just feeling the best when you look in the mirror and how your clothes fit, but right. also physically and mentally. I mean, how, what weight do you feel the best? I mean, I have pushed myself to a weight where maybe it looks a little bit better in the mirror, maybe, probably not even. And my quality of life is diminished. So a lot of aspects going to that. And I think that's important to know as well. Okay, let's see. <clears throat> okay, along the same lines, how often should I be weighing? I recommend weekly weights or one to two times a week, but also keeping in mind that the overall trends are the most important. And if you are getting weekly weights or one to two weights per week, thinking about month to month changes is giving you more information. There's so many things that can cause weight fluctuations, especially for women with our menstrual cycles. So 
it's important to remember to never put too much stock in one weight because if you get upset about it, then the next weight you check might be down further than the one previous to that. So really looking at the big picture instead of getting hyper-focused on the scale is my, what I recommend. Totally agree. Always look at the average of the month. Um, yeah, you drive yourself crazy if you do it any more than that. And if you expect changes daily, um, that's just water changing. So anyway, right. I digress on that. Um, okay, next question. How long is a plateau normally? Like, when is it time to reevaluate my plan? So my definition of a weight loss plateau is no change in weight for four weeks, but also no change in body measurements or how your clothes are fitting. So if you're seeing progress and your body measurements are changing, your clothes are fitting better, but you're not seeing the scale movement, I don't count that as a plateau because you're, because you're still making progress and those other ways to measure progress. So if you're not seeing changes in any of those, like not on the scale, your clothes don't feel like they're fitting any better, you're not seeing any changes in body measurements, then you know, for four weeks straight, I would say it's time to reevaluate your calories, your macros, and your workout plan. Um, and the body measurements are important because your body could be losing fat, gaining muscle, and then you might not see a lot of movement on the scale, but you notice that you look more toned or your clothes feel a little looser. Absolutely. I'm sure you've, everybody that's listening has seen those pictures on social media of people that share their body composition at the same weight. That's a very real, real thing. And this, the scale is just a tool. It's an important tool. Um, it's a good tool, but it's just one of the tools to actually see what's going on with your body. So yes, I agree. Let's see what's next. Best protein sources for on the go. Okay, I wasn't sure if this question meant um, the stuff could be cold or not. So I have a mix of stuff that is like travel friendly and then that. <laughs> so cheese sticks, hard-boiled eggs, protein bars, the protein waters, protein shakes. That's what I came up with. Do you have any that you're thinking of? Uh, that went so fast. Let's see. Um, Greek yogurt, I think is always good. Oh, yeah, um, that's a good one. Uh Tuna. I don't know. Some people don't like tuna, but that is one of the easiest ones for me. I'll eat it straight out of the packet. Um, what else? Are you a fan of those protein waters? Um, for I've been in seasons where I've needed a lot more protein than the mm -hmm. season that I'm in right now. Um, so I feel like if you're having a very hard time reaching your protein intake, which a lot of women struggle with, you don't need to be eating 200 grams of protein a day, but you probably need to be eating a little bit more than what you are having. Maybe, maybe. Um, in those seasons, I enjoy trying different kinds of protein sources. Um, so I have had the waters and sure, they're fun on occasion. Not something I would have every day. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a big fan of, um, like protein bars for on the go. I like the bars too. And I've really found mm -hmm. the bars that I like the best. I, my favorites right now are the um, think bars and the pure protein bars. 
but I still, again, I'm not in a season where I need that much. So I'm not, I just have a bar on the go if necessary. I have been in times where I eat one a day, but I don't really enjoy that personally. I don't know. Nice. Did you have another list? Oh, that's it. Oh, okay. Okay. I thought that maybe you had another list. Um, no. <laughs> yeah. And then like any meats um, for on the go, right. oh, deli meat. I eat a lot of deli meat um, just to have in the fridge for on the go. And um, oh, those chomps, those uh, chomps, like meat sticks. I like those. Um, and then I've done a lot of weird stuff. I'll just like eat chicken in the morning, cold, like in the car. You do a lot of weird stuff. Like, <laughs> I don't really get it in, I guess. Um, so yeah, any protein is fair game for me. Oh, and I love shrimp and that can be cold and taken anywhere as well. If you eat it cold. Okay. Yeah, let's, that's true. What's next? Um, I thought this was an interesting question. Should I be drinking water? while I eat a meal. I've heard mixed things. This is an interesting one. I've actually never been asked this before. Um, you can drink water before, during, after the meal, whenever. I will say you might feel full quicker if you're drinking a lot during the meal or right before, which for weight loss actually would probably be helpful. But if you ever had someone you were trying to, maybe if someone's trying to gain weight or they have a decreased appetite, that might not be the best because they're going to fill up on water instead of food. But for weight loss purposes, I don't think there's any specific recommendation for when to have water before, during, after the meal, all fine. I agree. And some, some of these questions, I just, I feel like some people out there are really overthinking the whole process and, um, mm -hmm. I just don't want that for whoever's listening that might have these kind of questions on their mind. Like you might just be overthinking it a little bit too much. Um, okay. What if most veggies make me feel bloated and FAT? I do not like to say that word. <laughs> yes. I'll talk about veggies. Then I'm going to talk about that actually. So, <laughs> um, for one, I'm not sure if this person is already doing this or not, but eating them cooked instead of raw might help decrease the bloating. Um, if you're already doing that, other things to try would be eating slower, making sure you're chewing the veggies really well, drinking plenty of water. So when you have more fiber in your diet and you're not drinking enough water, that's when you can get abdominal pain, gas, and bloating. So just making sure that you're staying really hydrated. And also if it really seems to bother you, maybe instead of having the gas producing vegetables, which are like broccoli, cauliflower, kale, you could try having more things like carrots, mushrooms, and zucchini. Those are also great. Um, and then what I'll say about, what I like to say about feeling fat is that fat is not a feeling. Ah, yeah. So the next time, um, the next time you want to say, I feel fat, we want to try and remember fat is not a feeling and instead try a positive affirmation. So something like, I appreciate what my body can do. Totally agree. That's perfect. I do not like that word at all. Um, yeah, that's all I'll say about that. But, um, 
Yeah, I feel like a lot of people, when they start to add veggies to their diet, they like run to broccoli. And I just don't really understand that. I love broccoli, but there are so many other vegetables out there that you can get benefits from that you don't have to eat broccoli if you don't want to, because it, it does tend to make people a little gassy. And also there's nothing wrong with that. If it's not painful, then that's okay too. You know, like maybe just don't eat a bunch of broccoli on date night if you don't want to, but like... <laughs> so many other sources. Like I love asparagus and green beans, you know, and those don't make me gassy at all. So let's see. Next question. Help me conquer sugar cravings. Okay. Yes. Let's talk about cravings. So cravings are a lot of times the result of restriction and depriving yourself of certain food items. So the minute we say something like, I'm not going to have any sweets this week, that kind of plants a little seed in our mind. And from there, it builds and builds and builds. We know we're getting deprived of this item and eventually it turns into an intense craving. So to prevent that, try and ditch that all or nothing mindset and this goes back to what we mentioned earlier about letting go of the perfectionism and letting yourself have sweets, desserts, kind of normalizing them. What also happens when we say we're not going to have an item, we kind of put it on a pedestal. We've elevated that food and we kind of want to stop doing that and instead just put the foods on even playing field. Yes, you know, an apple and M&Ms are not equally nutritious. But in our minds, if we're, if we're saying one's good and one's bad, that's not really a healthy way of looking at it. Um, I'm a big fan. A lot of my clients have tell me they have sweet cravings. And I'm a huge fan of small daily sweet treats, like saying have candy, cookies, Greek yogurt, ice cream bars, whatever it is. Aim for around a dark chocolate, forgot to say that one. Um, aim for around 100 to 200 calories of sweet treats per day. And that's going to prevent like a major binge of sweets or an intense craving. The other thing I'd like to ask is, are you eating enough calories and carbs in general? So maybe you're listening to this and you're like, I don't restrict those things though. So you don't think that's what's causing the craving. It could just be that you're under fueling. Sometimes we're subconsciously avoiding carbs that catches up with you over time. Yeah, I totally agree. And, um, I am absolutely on board with the small sweet treats every day. If you like sweets, have some sweets, you know, um, the less exactly like you said, the less stress that you put on it, the less you seem to want it, honestly, that I've seen personally in my own life and with other clients, like if you keep it around the house, if you have it around you, one handful of M&Ms or chocolate chips or whatever throughout the day, once or twice, it becomes less um, romanticized, I think. Less of something that at night that you're like, oh, I can't wait to eat the whole bag of M&Ms. I've been waiting all mm -hmm. day for it, you know? Um, if you allow yourself to have it, then it's not as fun and exciting, I don't think. So keep it around. If there's some stuff you know you like, have it and, and then move on from there, you know? So I totally agree with you on that. Okay, last question. This is a hard one. I'm in a deficit, but not losing weight. Why though? Yes, this is a really good question. And something that 
I've been asked by a lot of people, um, I get a lot of direct messages on Instagram with this question. Um, so, and sometimes it's hard to answer because if I'm not working with them, I don't really know what's going on with their nutrition. But let's just assume that the nutrition and exercise are on point. So we're assuming that, but not losing weight. A couple of reasons this could be happening. One is we talked a little bit about this already. Are you gaining muscle, losing fat? If you're strength training, are you seeing those body measurement changes? If you're not monitoring that, you might want to start because it's really helpful to measure your progress in more than one way. Um, keeping in mind that sometimes body measurement changes could take eight to 10 weeks to show up. So it's not like week to week, you know, it would be more like month, monthly checking body measurements. Um, the other thing is, are you at a weight loss plateau? So if that's, you know, we met, we talked about weight loss plateaus earlier. So if that's sounding like what you're experiencing, do, do your calories, macros, or workouts need to be adjusted? Another idea is, is something else going on? Um, I recently had a client who went to her primary care doctor and got some labs done and found out that she had hypothyroidism, which was part of the reason why she was not seeing success. So, you know, there could be a thyroid issue going on. And then the last thing I want to say is stress and sleep. What's going on with those? I have had a lot of clients that are doing everything, you know, their nutrition's on point, exercise on point they lose a little weight, then they stop. And we look at sleep six hours, five to six hours a night. Stress is through the roof. Those two things play a much more important role in your weight loss journey than most people realize. So if you feel like everything else is going well, but you're super stressed out and you're not sleeping, those would be the two things that I would start working on. Totally agree. And as far as the stress component goes, that is real scientific data based. That is real. And I'm not talking like just go, you know, get a massage and take a bath stress. This is like real deal life stressors that are causing your body to become inflamed, to hold on to weight, release cortisol um, in response to how you're feeling on the inside. Um, so that is a whole another thing to take on. And um, Sarah, I'm not gonna speak for you on this, but I myself am a great listener. I love to listen, love to help, but there are also professionals out there that can really help figure out what's going on, help you work through things, help you find inner peace that um, you may not even realize how much you need it. Um, and it will make a world of difference, especially in your weight loss journey. So I'm so glad that you said that because I totally agree. Um, what was the other thing I was going to say? Oh yeah. I like that. We went into that question, assuming that they were in a deficit, assuming that everything was on track because the other times that I've been asked that question, they think they're in a deficit. Are you really in a deficit though? Do you really know what that means? And is your body really in that deficit? Um, a lot of people will eat, you know, minimal throughout the week, not enough, I'm sure, um, women especially. And then the weekends come and it's, you know, barbecues and happy hours and brunch and yada, yada. And it's all these 
meals that you don't realize are, you know, maybe a thousand calories per sitting that you just don't even realize that it's going down that way. So you have to look at your food intake on a weekly scale, not just on a day-to-day basis. I mean, I, it's being in a deficit long-term is very hard and it takes, it does take work and it takes effort. And it usually takes a coach or guidance from a professional. Um, so if you think you're in a deficit, are you really? And I'm not saying that that means you need to go eat less and less and less. That's not what I'm saying. It's just really understanding what are you really take intaking on a weekly basis? Do you agree? Yes, exactly. Yes. That's pretty much what we have for today. And we are running out of time. So Sarah has a special offer for you guys. That's going to be good from now until the end of July. And I will let her tell you what that is and how to get it. Yes, I'm so excited. I'm offering all of the listeners 20% off my one-on-one coaching packages. And to get that discount, basically you just need to follow Fit Girl Talk Radio, follow Sweet Balance Nutrition on Instagram. And um, I offer free discovery calls, which is basically if you go to my website, which is sweetbalancenutrition.com, There's a short coaching application to fill out once you, it just asks you a few questions about your goals. Once you submit that, it takes you to my calendar and you can book a free 30 minute Zoom where we talk about, you know, what your goals and struggles are, what my program's like, and we can decide if we are a good fit. To get the discount, just mention on the discovery call that you, this podcast is how you heard about my services. Um, I basically offer an ongoing nutrition coaching process. So I have packages that involve weekly sessions and every other week sessions. And I do some small groups as well. Right now I'm just taking one-on-one clients. My next group starts in September. Okay, great. So that's a really generous discount. And um, if you've been on the fence with working with a registered dietitian, um, this goes beyond weight loss. If you have, you know, there are so many different health issues that boil down to nutritional intake. Um, so if you have any kind of questions like that, um, take advantage of the free call with Sarah's, get it scheduled and at least talk with her. And like she said, if, if you guys don't think you're a good fit, there's no pressure to move forward from there. I think so many people are turned off by signing up for a program because they don't know the coach in specific, um, or the registered dietitian in specific. So, um, schedule the call, get to know each other. And there's no hard feelings if you don't move forward. So, um, take advantage of that. You have until the end of July to move forward with a 20% off discount. Um, and that's very, very generous. So if you've been considering it, here's your sign to move forward with it. Um, one other thing I just want to mention real quick, I do take HSA and FSA. So if you're looking for a way to use your healthcare spending account. Perfect. Perfect. Um, yeah. So follow Sarah on Instagram at sweet balance nutrition. Is that what your handle is? Yes. Yes. Um, follow us at fake girl talk radio. Um, all of Sarah's socials and her website will be in the description of this podcast. So you can find all of that there on, or on our Instagram at fake girl talk radio. Um, Thank you guys for tuning in today. And Sarah, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your knowledge. Um, Thanks for answering all those questions. And I loved having you on. Thanks so much for having me. It was great. All right, guys. 
please make sure to subscribe to Fit Girl Talk Radio and give us a review. I would greatly appreciate it. Have a great day. Have a great week. And as always, just do the best you can out there. And I promise we'll talk again soon.